hands off, bro. I'm at the high ground. 39 days, 20 people, one survivor. On the Tribe of Nerds. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tribe of Nerds. JJ and I are going to be back and we're going to start some Invincible coverage uh, with Season 2 of Invincible. We covered Season 1 a couple years ago when that came out. So I we're just going to go like piece by piece. Right now we're just going to cover the first two episodes and then hopefully cover the other two uh, that are out right now at a later time. So um, yeah, I, I guess... Right now, what what are your thoughts on season two of Invincible compared to season one, JJ? Um, I like it okay. I am I'm waiting for it to get to what it's going to get to. <laughs> yeah, I will say the next two episodes that are out right now, I think they're gonna lead you in that direction of you'll see where it's starting to get to. Yeah, it feels like a slow start. I mean, I know that they've got to process all the fallout from what happened with Mark and Omni-Man, and that's yes. fine. And they need to do that, unlike like the MCU that barely has done anything um, with like the actual effects of the blip. Yeah. But like, it's just like, I also want us to start developing the story more. They're giving us breadcrumbs at the ends of episodes, and uh, they that doesn't like feel like it's as much in the style as invincible has been. Like normally they're just like, here, let's put it right in front of you. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, it's, it feels kind of like an MCU type of thing where they were doing, like you said, they did, they do the bread crumbs at the very end in like a post credit scene. Invincible did that in season one, but like you said, not, not as much. So, um, it was, that's just an interesting way to go about it. And like, I, I'm sure Invincible is the type of show that will follow up on everything, but it's also like, then I'm thinking about everything that Marvel has failed to follow up on so far. And I'm just a little nervous now about that. To be fair though, Marvel has a whole freaking universe. They're trying to consolidate Invincible right. as just one TV show. Right. Um, but to that point, like, I was just thinking that, too, like, it seems like they have a lot of irons in the fire. Like, right now, we've got the plot line with Adam, Eve, and her family. Um, we've got the Lizard League starting. Yeah. We've got whatever's going on with the former Guardians. Um, we've got the... Uh, I don't even know what his name was. The chameleon dude, shapeshifter dude, whatever. The shapesmith or whatever that joined... Yeah, trying to join the new Guardians. Um, I don't know if I already said Lizard League. You did, uh, yeah. Of course, we've got Mark's storyline. Right. And we're following his mom. So just all kinds of crap right now. And you got the return of Donald. Yeah, which uh, I wasn't expecting that. That's, I mean, I that kind of tracks, though, like having stuff going on with Cecil being shrouded in mystery. And I'm right. glad they're continuing that. Like, I like this. I really like giving the audience the same experience as the characters, particularly Mark's mom, where we just don't know what Cecil is doing. Right. 
Yeah, and and you'll find out a little more in the next two episodes of like what they're doing with Donald as well. So I wonder what they're going to do with the uh, the sea monster sound. Oh. I'm sure they'll turn it into some kind of weapon. Yeah, yeah, that that was interesting for me where they sent Mark down to do like the whole thing in the um the Aquarius Kingdom, the fish yeah. people. So that that was an interesting plot line to just send Mark to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about because we definitely talked about this right before recording, but that Invincible just hopped on the multiverse trend that has been going around, and we have now have Einstrom Levy in Invincible now that is now the multiversal character that is, I guess, taking us through here. So, your thoughts on this? First of all, I love Sterling K. Brown mm-hmm. so much. I'm sure you haven't seen um, This Is Us, but he is amazing in that show. He's fantastic in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just overall, the cast that they get for this show is crazy. I love the cast for everyone. Yeah. Um, that being said, we don't, need another multiverse i would much rather have the focus be on filtermites and like let's go let's deal with the fallout of mark and his dad let's go to that planet maybe and see more about um more about filtering culture multiverse is being done to death everywhere else everywhere we don't need it here yeah i agree i i mean i i think you're going to be pleased with where the the two episodes uh, after this go, because I think that they, I'll say, like, they kind of end up leaving the multiverse thing, I guess, for the second half of the season. So, uh, and they go in a more, in a, in a direction I think you'll be happier with. So. Um, I will say the opening with, like, Mark following his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't sure what the fake out was going to be at first. I didn't right. know if it was going to be a dream or like something like Cecil saying, this is what could have been. Mm-hmm. I kind of suspected it might be a multiverse. I can't say I'm surprised that that's where they went with it. Of course they brought the Mahler twins back in. Yep. I yeah. do like the Mahler twins on a side note. Like I like that they're brains and brawn, but literally nothing else. Like they're exactly those two things. But they're they're so dumb, like common sense wise. It yeah. feels like. Yeah, I agree with that, and I mean, so, <laughs> I mean, just like then bringing in all the different versions of the Mahler twins to attack Mark, and then you know all of them get incinerated, aside from the one who gets like half half incinerated. Um, that that was uh interesting to do with them, um, and I guess there's uh. I don't did episode two do the thing I, I don't want to spoil anything episode two didn't do anything with the Mahler twins okay I, that's what I wanted to know because there is something that happens in one of the next two episodes with them briefly uh to follow up on them um but yeah um I think that part is interesting as you said Sterling Sterling K Brown as Einstrom Levy I I liked his performance and everything and it's an interesting character regardless of how done to death the multiverse stuff is right now 
Yeah. Speaking of specific characters, it's an interesting choice to have the immortal leading the guardians now. Yes. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. Like story-wise, it completely makes sense. Um, I'm not super like I, I don't care for the dynamic that they have now. I honestly like I don't need that storyline at all. I just don't need to follow that group of people. Right. Well, the fact that you're like you have uh Rex getting jealous that the immortal is now screwing with all the other women on the team, like it just or with Kate. Like, I don't know, that's I, I don't know. I've just never really liked Rex and I think that's the point. You're not really supposed to like Rex that much. Um, because he just yeah, the... now they're doubling down. Like we already get it. We already know who and what he is. We don't need to add more to it. <laughs> did Did you get to the part where um Rudy or Robot and Monster Girl go on like a date or whatever? Was that in episode two? Nope. Okay. That's okay. That's not really a spoiler. Right. Like, that's not surprising at all. Yeah. So they they get together and go on a date, and I think the next episode. So something that makes no sense at all to me, speaking of Monster Girl and Rudy, <laughs> is in the first episode during the first fight that we see with the Guardians, there's a point where um, Monster Girl is talking to him about fear and she transforms back to her human form only to immediately transform back to her monster form. And that makes no sense for her character based on taking a week like of her age away. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering, like, how much more she's de-aged since season one at this point, because I feel like she's transformed so much more Um, if she's now part of this Guardians team and doing even more with them. Yeah, it seems like she would be, like, a reserve mm -hmm. character, basically. Like, let's preserve your age. I wonder what the oldest she's ever gotten is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So it's, so she doesn't age back up. Well, or does she age back up if she doesn't use her powers like slowly? Um, I think so. Yeah, like at a normal human rate, if she doesn't use her powers, yeah. I would assume. Yeah, I would but... guess so as well. But what I wasn't sure. So I mean, maybe just like all the stuff we're moments we're not seeing, like the moments we are seeing, maybe they're just like far enough apart. I. I don't know. I, I I agree that it's an interesting decision and it doesn't necessarily fit her character to not be worried about a aging backwards so much. So, but... Um, go ahead. No, I, I, I wasn't sure where else you wanted to go. Um, I guess, like, um, the, the whole thing with uh, Debbie dealing with Omni-Man's depression... Um, I think, like, that's a great way to segue her character, because, of course, like, you know, I, I, I think seeing her perspective on all this and not just Marx is a really good thing. Yeah, I really like seeing, like, I like seeing the rage side of her. Yeah. Because that's an interesting facet of her character that you just kind of don't expect from Debbie. Mm -hmm. um, it's also nice to include the, uh, include Olga. Uh, I think that's a really useful character for art to leverage for developing Debbie's character mm -hmm. because we can see how other people have dealt with it too. Right. Um, that was a weird scene where they were talking about poison. Like, I don't know if that's foreshadowing or if it was just like 
joke there or what that was supposed to be, but that felt odd. Yeah, I'm not sure at the moment. I don't think that comes into play in the next couple episodes yet. So I, I have no idea at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, anywhere else you want to discuss things? Um, so one thing in particular that stood out to me was their use of the repeated fake out of in he's invincible. Yes. Like, it very much felt in the same style as Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse of the let's do this one more time to the point that I got real tired of it by the end of the episode. Like, it's funny to make fun of yourself, but they didn't need to do it that much. They really didn't need to do it that much. Yeah, because it's like four times that they fake out the title card. Yeah. And, it's... Yeah, and so many different characters are doing it. Yeah. It's like Rex does it once, think Mark does it himself once. I'm trying the to remember. Twins, I think, do it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I agree with that. It's I I'm I, I think that's the only episode where they are constantly doing it. I think the other episodes scale back. Um so and and I'll say like I think it's interesting. I think the next episode goes into another character we haven't seen in a bit, and then um, at, at end of episode three and episode four go into some really interesting stuff that the the beginning of this season has been building up to. So, do you have any spoiler free predictions? Um, so <laughs> I guess beyond what I have watched, uh, hmm, because like it's tough. I don't want to spoil what happens in the next two episodes that you're about to watch after this. But I, I I think Mark is in an interesting spot right now. And so I'm interested to see the direction he's going to go under the circumstances that just happened. Okay. So it's vague, but all right. And, and and it might fall in line. I'll say it might fall in line with what we saw in episode one, while that's a separate and another part of the multiverse, like a different universe, I think it could have been sort of trying to foreshadow also, as we said, maybe a path that Mark can go. But I also want to have you watch the next two episodes and see what happens, because that I, I think that's some uh, direction they could be leading to and having Mark make uh, a choice. Um, One lingering question I do have. And I wonder if you know the answer. If you know the answer, don't tell me the answer. Right. But Martian man, uh, do we know if the guy that we're following is Martian man or a different Martian? Uh, are we talking about the Shapesmith? Not the Shapesmith. So the guy who was like an astronaut at his job or whatever, and they were asking him things, but then he had the panic attack and went into the bathroom. And then later we see him go back to his apartment. Is he the Shapesmith? I think that was the Shapesmith. I think so. Because that... Okay. So he... At the end of season one, or like the episode where Mark went to Mars, uh, they showed one of the astronauts was actually a Martian that rode back with them. And then the astronaut that would have should have been going back with them stayed on Mars and got taken over by like the brain alien things. And that was shown at like those clips at the end of season one as well. That that 
that was being set up for season two or wh- wherever they were going to go with it. Um, but yeah, I believe, yeah, I believe that was the about. Yeah. Do you think that he will reveal himself as Martian? Like, I'm sure it will get discovered. Yeah, I think it's going to get discovered. But do you think he'll do it by choice or that it's going to happen just by chance? It could be, uh, it could happen either way. Um, I, I feel like it's, I don't know if it's a trope, but I know a lot of things that like do it where like someone doesn't mean for something to get found out and then it does like by accident. So it could definitely go that way. Um, or maybe he's just going to end up revealing it, but it's hard to tell right now, which, which way it's going to go. Having the predecessor of Martian Man in the former Guardians is going to be really useful if slash when he does get discovered. Yeah. Because he can point to that as an example of, look, not all the Martians are bad. Right. Don't assume that about me. But God, is he suspicious. The way he speaks about, I was born on Earth. Like, let me tell you about my backstory. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that, that's the that's the funny part is just like, I don't know when characters are just like so obviously suspicious and sometimes it's funny sometimes it isn't so i don't know we'll have to see how this goes but it's it's not going well for this guy right now. no not at all so um it just it reminds me of i'm trying to think of like movies with well i guess the movie hot fuzz i'll bring that up because like that movie is like someone that's has someone that's so obviously suspicious of being the person that's committing all the murders and then that movie twists it and makes it just like every single person in the village (laughs) yeah so um yeah so i mean they they could just like I, I don't know. They could they could go different directions with it and twist it up. So um trying to think of what else happened that we can discuss in the first two episodes. Uh well Eve got a little bit of an arc, didn't she, where like she's trying to help repair the city or whatever and with her powers. Yeah, this feels a lot like the story at least the on the story in spider-man homecoming like mm-hmm. let's put uh superheroes against um like people's jobs and stuff right i i do think that the damage done to chicago was so great that it has to be like they, they need help from powered individuals um, and i'm surprised there's not some sort of organization that like combines the two to make sure that they're doing it in a structural structurally sound way mm-hmm because that seems like an idea someone would have had with as many um, supers as there are in this world. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just interested in like how they're going to move forward from this at all because of how much damage was done. I mean, Omni-Man killed like probably millions of people. Um, So uh maybe less than that but a lot of people died in that fight at the end of season one so yeah, a lot of people died i i just don't know how they're gonna move forward i don't know how you know we could move forward if that happened in an area close to us but i know we would i don't know how but i know we would right um 
the support groups led by Captain America. <laughs> Biggest test is patience. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think that might be all for just the first two episodes. Well, and then, like, there's, like, the stinner at the end of episode two that I'll say has not, it's probably going to be his second half of the season thing because it hasn't come into play the next two episodes but then Einstrom Levy goes to like the other universes with Mark and I so I guess he's hunting down Marks so I don't know that <laughs> that's just yeah what it it's not like. surprising that that's what he's doing mm -hmm. um, yeah I eventually he's going to come to this universe and we'll see Mark fight him Mm -hmm. um, I didn't realize that he was actually in Mark's universe originally. Yeah, the, um, because he was, you mean the one, like, where Omni-Man and Mark were working together? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Universe. The universe we're following, I guess, yes. is the best way to phrase that. It's like the conversation between him and the Mahler twins at the beginning. <laughs> um, like, I get that he was lying to them now, but saying that he couldn't move people within the same universe um, but clearly that wasn't true because they ended up in that universe right that's true yeah and then you have him like deforming his own brain by taking the thing off uh and God, what a gross like design yeah i mean i think that's the point but like it's just yeah it's very disgusting just like a giant bulbous brain that like comes down like to the rest of your body like geez <laughs> i can't yeah. imagine how painful that is <laughs> yeah and like it'd be so easy to get that caught on things <laughs> yeah i'm just i don't know it's it's crazy when when shows and stuff go to like this extent for some designs that just look incredibly painful so yeah, I mean, it makes sense, and I'm glad that they did it that way. Mm -hmm. It's still just gross. <laughs> yeah. So, I honestly, I think that's it for, I mean, what we can, I mean, we can do some nerdy news stuff to just, like, make more stuff to talk about, because, I mean, there's... For sure, we haven't done nerdy news in a long time. Yeah, so uh, Percy Jackson just released the first two episodes of their first season following The Lightning Thief, um, which is the first book of that series. And I, that's another thing I grew up with. So I did watch the first two episodes and it's at least following the books much more closely than the two movies did from 10 years ago. Um, those movies <laughs> were not very good. Um, and this is like much more faithful um, and... I guess for people, aside from, like, they changed certain characters, maybe looks, but, like, personalities are roughly the same as in the books. So for people That's kind good. of worrying about it, it, it does, they match the characters more from the books than the movies did. Um, no disrespect to those actors. Like, I like Logan Lerman as Percy Jackson, but, like, an older Percy Jackson, but, like, I don't know, he just did not get good stuff to work with in those movies. That's fair. So, I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's uh, but I liked it so enough. 
Um, so I'm interested to see where, uh, to watch the rest of it, just because I also haven't read the books in probably 15 years or whatever, when I was yeah, yeah, I since high school. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple pieces. The mm-hmm. trailer for Netflix's Avatar series just dropped. I did see that. Um, I'm, I don't know, I'm neutral on it at present. I know that you don't have much stock in it since you haven't seen the cartoon version. Yeah, I mean, I watched a couple. I watched a couple episodes with you and Kearney when you showed it to me. I I liked it. I just have to sit down and watch the rest of it. And like, I hear amazing things about it all the time. And I I, it can't be worse than the M Night Shyamalan movies. So that shouldn't exist. Don't don't use that as a reference. Do you think you'll watch the live action? Um. It's possible. I mean, if I hear good word of mouth as well, like I can consider myself watching that. Um, it just kind of depends also what other shows I'm trying to keep up on at the moment. But I guess at the moment, I only have time on my hands. Like, uh, One other thing, uh, this one's a little outdated, but Baldur's Gate won Game of the Year and Spider-Man won no awards. Yeah. Um. I guess we could discuss that. I mean, so I don't have a PS5, so I couldn't play Spider-Man 2. I watched, like, basically the whole game on YouTube, like, the story and whatnot. That doesn't surprise me. So I think that, um, I don't know. I, I just, I really like the first game. Miles Morales was a good, like, little spinoff tying together, like a bridge game. But I don't know, like, I liked what I saw from Spider-Man 2, um, but, like, the story, it, it definitely goes in a very, very dark direction. I mean, I guess it's fitting with the character, like, or how they decided to go with their uh, interpretation of Venom um, and Craven. So, like, um, it it was interesting, and also, like, I mean, they've pretty much alluded to it already, but Harry is the, is the Insomniac's Venom instead of Eddie Brock, so... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they, they made it a little more personal. They do some interesting stuff, but, like, I mean, I just saw a video today that was, like, or yesterday that was basically saying that they were rushed and couldn't, like, do everything they wanted uh, because they were so rushed to release the game. Uh, That's pretty common with games nowadays, and it almost always results in problems. Yeah, so I'm a little sad by that because I... I think I think that first game, as we talked about before, I think the first Insomniac Spider-Man is definitely. I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite video games of all time, and it might be a perfect Spider-Man adaptation. So, I can think of one other thing, and that's that Fallout seventy six has got a resurgence of membership. They did an update. I don't know anything about it. I just know that like a lot of people are playing it again. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because it flopped so hard. Jeez, yeah. Um, I think the Pokemon Final Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC also dropped. Have not played it. Have not paid for the DLC as of yet. I was doing another replay of Pokemon Scarlet um, that I'm in the middle of, so I have not yet. Um, I have not yet gotten the DLC. Um, but I I'm thinking about it. Um. I just, I don't know. I've, I haven't been the biggest, I know we haven't, we covered all the other generations, you mean Will, but like we haven't done Gen 9 yet. I don't know. Gen 9 is kind of an interesting case where I like parts of it, but then I also don't like other parts of it. 
That's fair. So it's it's a game also where it's an extremely buggy game and like there's things that they could have done so much better. Yeah. But yeah, they could have. Pokemon and Pokemon as a company is literally just in Game Freak. Like they they're literally releasing games so quickly. Well, they don't really have incentive to change. Right. Because like Scarlet and Violet is still one of their top selling games of all time. Right. Uh and so like they're making money. Why fix things? Right. For better or for worse, unfortunately. Um Oh yeah, we didn't I think I posted something of like apparently now also Illumination and Nintendo are considering doing the Nintendo Cinematic Universe actually and I just think I think we both think that that's a bad idea. I know a couple people said that they think it could work out well and it, and it could. I just it got memed a lot. And so that's probably why they're doing it. That's what I said, like, in our group chat with Yumi and Will. It's like, it's exactly what happened with Morbius, that, like, memes came out about Morbius, so they re-released the film twice, and it flopped twice more. Yep. So, just, if you're following meme culture to do something, that's just a bad idea. <laughs> it just, meme culture is more likely than not making fun of something. So... Not a good, like, scale to decide whether you're gonna, um, actually make something a reality. And, like, I liked the Mario movie from this year. I liked Detective Pikachu. I liked the first Sonic. I think the second Sonic had good parts about it, but I, I, I've come to the side of, like, the second Sonic movie wasn't great either. So, I don't know. I'm, but I, like... I, I don't know if the Mario movie is the only thing that's being considered because it was the only one that was under Illumination or, like, they're going to drag Detective Pikachu and the Sonic movies into this as well. So, I don't know. See, there are a lot of good candidates for movies mm -hmm. in Smash Bros. There really are. One in particular is Zelda. Right, Legend of Zelda, a, yeah. A Zelda movie would be really good, but what's the reason for making it a universe? Like, the, the only thing I can see is doing something similar to Marvel's Contest of Champions, you know? Like, you've got this, like, weird extra planar figure that's just pulling all these characters. But then, what's the point? Then you could literally turn any movies into a universe that way if you just pull the characters out of them into some weird, like, alternate dimension thing. So... Yeah. Well, and they're literally going to have to spend time literally making, what, like, eight other characters into something. Yeah, maybe you can cross some of them over into things. But just, like, I don't know. By the time you get this all set up, your their target audience is going to be probably, you know, too old to really care about what's happening. So. These just aren't characters that make sense to be connected. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what's... I don't know what they expect from like getting characters like like ness and captain falcon i don't think there's an audience big enough to want those characters to be like successful in movies oh oh okay to be fair though um, i know that the space marine from doom is not in smash bros mm -hmm. i would 
absolutely watch a movie with Isabel and the Space Marine. I would oh 100%. I would eat that up. So many people would. The memes are so good. The video memes are so good of those two. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I said also on Facebook, like, I w will I probably watch some of these movies just to be like, oh my god, this is a pop culture moment, but I'm probably not going to enjoy some of them, and that's fine. Or, like, I'll, like, enjoy them to the extent of that was fun, but it wasn't that great of a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like the next new trend. Superhero movies were really big for a while. Now, I think with things like Last of Us doing so incredibly well mm -hmm. that like now video game movies are a trend um and there are a lot of video game movies that really can't or a lot of video games that really would adapt quite well to a movie um they're making a fallout tv series which i'm skeptical about that one but i i don't know like superheroes feels like it's kind of hitting the downward part of its arc now uh, Marvel has gone over the hump, and so maybe we're just going to see video game movies be popular for a while. I don't think it'll last the same way that the MCU did. Yeah, I don't think so either. But uh, speaking of MCU, I, I want to say this before we head off. But uh, so they released, I guess, the schedule for 2024. So the only movie coming out next year, I believe, is Deadpool 3 um and basically set photos leaked um because they're doing a lot of practical stuff which is a good thing um because as of recently they've been doing way too many cgi heavy productions on movies like quantumania and love and thunder and stuff like that um so yeah i'm i'm uh interested in what the set photos i i don't necessarily want to say them unless you're okay with me saying what they are okay so they basically leaked that Sabretooth and toad from the first x-men are going to be uh i guess cameos in the movie and deadpool and wolverine are gonna decapitate Sabretooth. goat is an interesting choice Sabretooth makes total sense yeah um but like toad is an interesting choice of all of the ones you could pull like, I would expect someone like Juggernaut, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, we could... Well, I guess Deadpool 2 already did Juggernaut, but you could bring back that actor from X-Men 3 that said I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> because yeah. they would totally do it for the memes. I guess, yeah, that's fair. I mean, other than Sabretooth or Magneto, like, which villain would it make sense to pull? Yeah, well, those are really kind of the big ones. Well, and it's not, I mean, it's going to be the original Sabretooth, not Leave Schreiber's Sabretooth from X-Men Origins, which, I mean, like, at least... That's weird, too. Yeah, because, like, Leave Schreiber, at least, like, as much as we can say X-Men Origins did things very poorly... Um, at... I'll disagree for a long time with that statement, but continue. <laughs> but at least Leave Schreiber and Hugh Jackman together was a good dynamic, and Leave Schreiber did play an interesting Sabretooth, so... I don't think it's fair to bash the actor, though, for the other Sabretooth, because, like, they didn't give that version of Sabretooth anything. The story yeah. writing didn't give that Sabretooth anything. Right. So, like, I don't know what it'll be here, but we'll see. Yeah, I think it's just going to be a cameo, and then I 
With Toad, I mean, you get probably one of the worst lines of dialogue that's ever been written in a superhero film with Storm saying what happens to Toads when they get struck by lightning or whatever. And, I mean, I believe the guy who plays played Toad was Ray Park, who played Darth Maul. So... <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about bringing Wolverine's, like, classic comic book costume to the big screen. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. We don't really have superheroes with yellow costumes anywhere yeah so that'll be interesting i think for this movie it's a good thing just to finally because we waited what like 20 years for them and all they did was wear black leather in the x-men movies so like yeah well we didn't need that either i like i really like the wolf like the wolverine focused movies that give like a more gritty like let me just wear normal clothes yeah yeah you know? i agree with that um that take on it it was just like when you get to the actual x-men films and they're literally wearing like probably honestly like the worst x-men uniforms for the most yeah. part yeah uh the ones in first class weren't bad yeah i have to i'd have to go back and rewatch first class that was probably one of my favorites of the x-men fox x yellow god i guess they could bring back phoenix but ugh. They've done that to death at this point. They've done that. They've done the same story. I will, and wasn't Dark Phoenix? I I will not go and watch it. But like, wasn't wasn't it supposed to be like set in the past and somehow I I don't know. The Fox X Men timeline doesn't make sense. I was asleep during it. Yeah. Well, it it doesn't. The Fox X Men timeline does not make sense. I think that's been like seen time and time again that they they don't know how to make their timeline make sense and they don't care <laughs> so um but yeah i mean i'm i'm still excited for deadpool 3 i mean if, if it ends up being like what people wanted out of like doctor strange 2 of like this where they bring in like now these like fox characters and fox actors like okay fine like whatever i mean i'm okay with that at this point um i just i don't know if the story is necessarily going to be incredible but i'll probably still like deadpool 3 just for like the novelty in this in that case um i will watch it because of wolverine yeah yep uh deadpool is not my favorite oh i know that <laughs> i like deadpool as a character yes but i don't care for the deadpool movies understandable it's, just, it's two ryan reynolds of ryan reynolds <laughs> yeah i mean i mean without ryan reynolds we wouldn't have uh, a good movie version of deadpool but like i understand because it's literally ryan reynolds so yeah like that is that's what all of his characters are now oh my lord and like the mint mobile commercials on youtube don't help it makes me want to see him so much less <laughs> All right. Um, before we hit head off, is that the last thing we want to cover? Is there anything else? I got nothing, I got nothing else. Okay. I think we're good to head off now. Um, I I will say, um, hopefully got plans for the new year coming up. Um, cover the rest of Invincible season two. That's definitely a plan that we'll get to. Um, I definitely. I think it releases next month in January. Um. Okay. So you sh we should have time before that releases to get the last two episodes that you need to watch. Um, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can get that. 
between Christmas and New Year's, probably. Yeah, so there's that. Um, I want to do the next Marvel draft, which I want to do a like movie and show draft, as I talked about. That's something to figure out, because um, that I think that could be very fun. And if I... I don't want to necessarily do what we did for the character draft uh, for anybody listening that knows how that went, because I just I, I don't think it went how we wanted it to go. Um, so it, we might we probably won't do like fan voting or like whatever we did or friend voting or whatever we did for the character draft. It'll probably just be like these are our teams, whatever. Um, and then now that U.S. Survivor coverage is finished, I'd like to do some like full on with the Vanquish people, hopefully doing some more Australian Survivor coverage and everything. So that stuff I'd like to do. So that is in the cards, but uh, otherwise we'll uh, leave you with all with that and we'll see you next time on the Tribe of Nerds.